Welcome to today's edition of Daytime Dialogues. It's my great pleasure today to welcome Rabbi Aaron Liebtag to the, this conversation. Rabbi Liebtag is finishing his tenure at KJBS in Chicago congregation. Keila Jacob, Beth Samuel in Chicago, a very well-known synagogue, and uh, in just a few days is going to be joining me as part of our rabbinic team at, at KINS as our associate rabbi. But I think what's most important about Rabbi Liebtag is he's one of the most talented rabbinic figures in our community, especially in his relationship with the students that he has also as the senior rabbi at Hillel Torah North Suburban Day School. And so it's a pleasure to welcome you, Rabbi. And it Thank will you. It's be a pleasure. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on here. And it's also, it will be a pleasure to welcome you in just a few more days when you start working together. Yeah, with us. So Rabbi, you've been in Chicago for about 15 years, a little bit less. You came originally as a member of our YU Kolo, the yes. inaugural group of Avrechim in the Kolo, and you went straight over to KJBS. Um, and you are a native of Baltimore. So um, as we all know, we are both out of towners. But tell me, you know, what kept you in Chicago? Why didn't you head back to the East Coast like so many people often do? It's an excellent question. Um, first of all, it is, it is an amazing opportunity for me. I'm, uh, well, well, sad to be leaving my show. Um, we're thrilled to stay in Chicago. Um, Chicago is very, you know, it, it took us a while. And we came here uh, 12, 13 years ago at the Colo. But Chicago is a very unique and special community. It's a community that offers you everything, that has everything you need that, that might happen in a quote unquote, a bigger city. But from the schools to the, the feeling of warmth and community, is, it's a very, very special place to be, special place to raise your children. And that's really one of the reasons that we wanted to stay. We developed many relationships and many, our kids have wonderful friends and we feel very much at home. And I, I also think that in a place like Chicago, everybody feels a part of uh, a part of something, a part of a responsibility, a part of community that you might not get in other in other communities. And your tenure at Hillel Torah, you are one of the uh, most beloved Rebbe's there at Hillel Torah. Uh, please accept the compliment that's well known. And one of the things that you're really expert at is maintaining relationships. And over the years you've been working at Hillel Torah, have you seen any changes in our young adults or the adolescents that you're working with? I think there are changes. I, I think that the world is changing a little bit and I think there's positives and then there's not as positives. I think the positives are you find a lot more responsibility kids might feel and more engagement. There's a lot of opportunities for them in many areas outside of school, whether through Webinar, Kiva, NCSY, camps, for them to really expand and find a niche uh, for themselves. But there's also a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the technology, social media, and powers that that might influence them in negative ways. And I think I, I personally find that they have the most honest answers. I mean, they're in it. And I actually talk with them a lot about these kind of questions, because if you really have honest conversations with them, they, they, they are very upfront with some of the challenges that they face. So I think those are the biggest ones. The world has shifted a lot in that regard. And um, and our children are are sort of in that world and have to deal with some of those obstacles. So. The largest change you're suggesting is the social media or something else? The largest change in terms of students or younger adults? Let's say the ones you normally teach, let's say the seven, eight, or even into high school years. Yeah, I, I think that that is definitely one of the challenges, but I don't know that that's a challenge unique to students. I think it's a challenge unique to everybody. Um, and I think 
our students, though, well, we might remember an age where it wasn't as inundated. I think they're growing up in an age where it is more inundated. So that is definitely one of the challenges, I think, for students. I think that we also are, are facing a lot of, uh, you know, if we're talking about challenges, if we're talking about good things, there's a lot of spiritual apathy in a, a lot of people um, that in, in, in the sense of they, they want to find meaning and connection. And uh, how do we find that? That's true very much for adults. Um, and I think very much true. It's this week's parsha. Rabbi Lam says that when the, the Mak of Barad, it says that those that didn't take the animals into their homes, Asher lo sam libo. So Rabbi Lam says that's not the opposite. It says those that are Yiri Hashem took their animals inside, but those that are that didn't were lo sam libo. He says it's not, it means they're, they, they were indifferent. They just didn't care. And I think that's a major, major challenge that we have today, most among adults and for sure among children. And that's really what I see as a challenge, that you don't have a struggle of necessarily the whys of what we're doing, but the passion, the relationship, the connection to the things that we're doing. But is it really, you know, you're quoting Rabbi Lamb. I would assume that that sermon that he delivered was somewhere in the 1950s or 1960s. Yes. So yeah. it's, not a, it's not a today issue. It's been going on. Yeah, but I, I would say that the, the reason I think it's different is that maybe when Rabbi Lamb gave it, you know, you probably couldn't get a Marav Minion at Chicago Center at 1130 at night and you couldn't find kosher food in every single corner of the world. I think that we have such a plethora of opportunities that we're doing a lot more. But and maybe since Rabbi Lamb gave that drasha, there's more davening and more tefillah and more mitzvah opportunities. But I think the connection to why we're doing it, the meaning of why we're doing it, the spirituality behind it. I think is something that is is very, very important. I think something that adults struggle with. And I think that's something that we've seen over the last five to 10 years, this push to, uh, you know, to find meaning. And and within the world of halacha, I don't, I don't like to separate the two. I think they're very much the same. The meaning behind what I'm doing, the connection behind what I'm doing, even if I don't find it meaningful, but that relationship piece is very, very important. I think kids today, that is something that they're looking for. So- what do we do? You know, it's uh, when you talk about the search for meaning, how do we help them find meaning where we weren't successful 30 years ago and 40 years ago or 10 years ago? I don't know that we weren't successful. I think we we're very successful. I, I think that we, we, we have to break it into different levels. But I think for one is that, you know, understanding that there's obedience in Torah and that's part of the beauty of Torah, that I'm doing something that's a higher calling that the, even when I'm, and this, I, I actually, I really, really believe that even when I'm doing something that I don't find so meaningful, right? Like not every one of my Shimona essays, I mean, don't share this, is not like Ni'ila, but I do it even though it's not so meaningful every single time because there's purpose behind it, because Hashem asked me to do it. And I think that that is part of the fix to is relationship piece, is understanding that I'm doing something and that's why halacha is so important. So I think if we build up more than just having these like moments, but having consistency and having meaning behind that consistency, I think is very crucial. You know, like brachos. So sometimes I talk with my students about brachos. So some people are very good brachos. Some people aren't so good with brachos. It, it's not, it's apathy. It's not that, oh, I'm going to eat this apple and I don't care that God, of course not. But if a person would be careful with brachos, there is a hundred times a day that God is more part of their lives. And I think that's part of the key, the consistency behind what we do and the meaning behind that consistency. So how do you teach that to young adults? We can give most of it, but how do you teach it? 
So I think you teach it with consistency. I can't tell you that I've done it great. Uh, I think you, you do it with consistency. You do it with, you know, like I, I, I love learning, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, still not a great Gemara learner, but I, I love learning Gemara and I love learning Gemara at a high level with my students. I, I wouldn't say that doing that is not finding meaning. It's all finding meaning. And I think making sure that we actually share that while we're teaching, that we don't separate, you know, sometimes, uh, and I'm at fault for this also, we sometimes tend to separate, like we're going to learn then we're also going to have like question and answer days. And I do that. And I think it's important that students have an opportunity to ask questions. But if we so, sometimes separate like the learning from the relationship piece. So I'll learn, but then I'll have a kumzitz, which I love. And I'll do this and I'll do that. They're great, but they have to, they have to blend it together. That the learning that I do, the diving that I do, the brachos that I make, the lundus that I learn is all part of that, that relationship. And I think teachers should be very straightforward with that. They should share that, that we're learning Torah, we're part of the Mesorah. And when we learn Torah, you know, it's why we find sometimes you go to Israel and the boys or girls, they spend time in a, in a base medrash or a bait midrash, whichever way you want to call it. And they find more meaning because the more that they spend in that world, the more that it comes, uh, becomes a real connection. So you, you went to, to Shalavim and, bef- and after that you were at YU. Uh, you, before that you were at TA in Baltimore. Is there one Rebbe that you had who is like, the who is the inspiration for the way you teach, the way you interact with others? Well, you know, because I know that my mother's listening. My um, my my what my one of my main inspirations is my father. My father is a massive, massive Tamachacham. He's always, always learning. Um, we can share more Mir when we uh, when I come over time. But my father's always learning. He's done Dafyomi numerous times. Um, especially when it was tax season, he was 45 blot ahead so that he wouldn't fall behind. Um, <laughs> but I'm very close. I, I had high score Bam, but I really think that um, in my life, you know, between Rabbi Neuberger um, and Rabbi Penner and Rabbi Baum, those three mentors of mine have taught me in different ways how to be a Rav, how to be an educator. You know, Neuberger is one of the greatest uh, postgame and leaders that we have. Rabbi Penner is one of the most creative, um, you know, and, and, and speakers. He is in my head when I give drushos all the time. I hear him talking, and uh, and Rabbi Baum, who I who I you know I was his intern rabbi for a while and learned from him and still learn from him. So those three together really have helped me become uh, who I am as a rabbi. And so, about of the three, who's helped you become the teacher that you are? The teacher that I am, honestly, Mrs. Tamar Freeman. Um, Mrs. Tamar Freeman, um, and if whoever sees her should tell her that I gave her a shout out. She is one of the best educators in the world. And I, I went to Latora hoping that she would help me. And she did, you know, from classroom management, which I'm still terrible at, to lesson planning and to just how to engage students um, with doing less. Let them do more, you do less. And that's, that's really, you know, and, and the Rabbi Penner piece of creativity and excitement and relationship. So you're on vacation now from Hillel Torah. You're coming back next week. Is there something special you have for when students come back from vacation, how to get them back into learning? So I, I am of the approach, I think, from my, when I was in school that I like to get right back into learning. They've had two weeks off. And I think sometimes to uh, like ease in doesn't always work. I think they had two weeks off. So we come in and I, I'm prepared next week to do, you know, some intense, you know, especially my eighth graders, a high level Gemara to do some intense stuff, because I think that's the best way. I think if you let them ease back into it, it's another week of vacation.
And I don't know what the academy approach is, so I'm not. Uh... Ida Crown's approach is every teacher has their approaches. I'm sure. It there you go. That's well. that's generally my approach. Uh, and at KJBS, uh, you know, there have been uh, challenges, but there are some very, very close relationships you've developed over the years at Peterson Park and in Lincolnwood and our communities, but in the general Jewish community. How do you keep those relationships going? Um, I, yeah, I don't have a secret. I think it's just trying to stay in touch with people. Um, some people might call it stalking. Um, but reaching out, you know, if someone's going through something, uh, you know, difficult to keep reaching out to them, even if it's a, a text, a phone call, a visit, um, you know, students that have left my classroom, you know, I, I create WhatsApp groups for those that are in Israel and, and they, they come back and just, you know, trying to always reach out as best I can to people and to meet them and to be with them and to help them. And of course, you know, Rabbi, you're much more senior Rabbi than I am. But anytime you help a family or an individual through some kind of experience, life cycle, you know, positive or negative or sad or happy, you build a much, much closer relationship. And, you know, that's just trying to reach out as best I can. So you've been a Rav now for more than a decade. What, why did you want to become a rabbi? I honestly wanted to become a teacher. That was when I was in high school, I wanted to go into Chinuch. Um, and I then realized that as a Rav, when I was more like in Shalavim, that a Rav has the opportunity to reach a wide range, both adults and children in a classroom, which I love being in, as you mentioned, you're more locked in in an age group. Um, but as a show, you can get uh, from older to younger and everything in between. And so that was a big, big, you know, attraction to me. And I, and I love working with children. I love working with adults. Um, and also that relationship piece to me is very, very important to be able to build that over time and over years to be with people and develop relationships, see their children grow, help them through whatever I can, that was really the most appealing thing to me, that relationship piece. So and I, I love teaching Torah. No, that's that's obvious. What what do you think has been the most creative share you've ever given? What was the topic? What or creative share? I mean, or, my, or my, people spoke about the most. Yeah. Um, you know, a big thing that I've done in my shul was Shavuos. Um, Shavuos. I don't really bring in other speakers. We don't necessarily, my show is necessarily an area that has lots of other people around. So we, we do this. I got from Rabbi Penner. We do a theme. So every year we do a theme of learning. So I've done Jews and non-Jews and I've done Mashiach and Emuna. And over the course of a Yantiv, we've covered 10, 11, 30, you know, 12 shiurim on a topic. So we've done Islam and we've done, you know, some certain things like that, that I think are, uh, you know, exciting. I, I actually give a Hilchah Shabbos year once that I'm still getting, uh, you know, some some uh, pushback for it because, you know, people have to go by different kind of hot plates. But I think they're much happier that they did. Um, but I think Shavuos has really been, uh, you know, an exciting time for us. And my and the Purim Spiel, of course. The Purim Spiel, for those who haven't seen the KJBS Purim Spiel, uh, it's online, YouTube, I believe. Yeah, and sure. Purim. Check them all they're, out. They're, they're hilarious. I'm hoping that we'll be able to recruit some of your great writers and producers over to KINS when you move over as well, because um, that's something we haven't had. Um, your kids have grown up in Chicago. So first of all, do they say pop or soda? They don't say pop because I don't know why no anybody says pop. And they don't say east or west because I don't understand it either. So, uh, but do they say roof or roof? They well, as a Baltimorean, my father says roof, but I we say roof. Uh huh. Okay. So we haven't done our job yet. Not but, yet. <laughs> but your kids have grown up in Chicago. Do they, do you think they'll end up staying in Chicago? 
It's a great question. I, I would imagine they would. They think they like it here. They have lots of friends here. They they like the community. So uh, I hope so. I'm 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 betting on it. Uh, well, I hope you're matzliach with that. With, yeah, with thank that you. Uh, and in terms of where you see the future of our community, what do you see? You know, you've been watching Chicago Jewry for a decade. Where do you see it headed? Do you see it growing, getting stronger, weaker, different, moving? What, what kind of thing? I, I think, I, number one, it's definitely growing. Um, it's definitely growing. I mean, all the communities are growing. Rogers Park, uh, you know, Lincoln, Peterson Park, Skokie, everything is growing. Baruch Hashem, I think numbers are, are up, which is a good thing. I see a lot more happening in terms of programming and organizations and opportunities for adults, for kids. I mean, there, there's so much. You know, I, I think, I remember back, you know, I don't know, we used to, I don't know if anybody still uses that ATT community calendar, but you know, you would sign up for an event because you don't want another somebody taking that night. But thank God now there's, there are many, many organizations and many events and many opportunities. And I think that's a, a big sign of growth. I think we're seeing a little more like a lot of cities that are seeing, and that's, you know, a, separ- a separating sometimes, not much a, as a blend of what might've been like 15, 20, 30 years ago in terms of what a community looked like. Um, you know, a, a school or a hashkafa, whatever that exactly means, might live more in that specific city. But that's the beauty of Chicago. I think that it's not separated so much. Everything sort of still is, uh, you know, works together and comes together. I think we saw from this uh, unfortunate with COVID, but we did see the, you know, we've had we had meetings of Rabbanim from across the spectrum. Um, and, uh, I think that as it grows though, it, it, it's still, it's growing, but it's not separating people that we're not working together. And so how do we, what, what's the secret sauce of Chicago that you think people aren't as separated as in other communities? Great question. I should ask you that question. You've been here much longer than I have. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think that Chicago is big, is big, but it's not big in that it doesn't feel like a community. So I think that everybody feels a part of something that could be a school, that could be a shul, that could be a camp, that could be a kollel, an organization, but really everybody is involved in something. And I think when you do that, you do feel a sense of responsibility and accountability towards the Tzibor. And you have people that might live in uh, whatever, Skokie, Rogers, it doesn't make a difference, but they're all working towards the same thing, whatever that organization or school might be. And I think that's part of the secret to Chicago. I think that everybody feels a part of something here. So, I mean, we're big, but not too big. So we're able to- And you're not too small. Not too small. Yeah. And in terms of uh, things that you're involved in outside of shul and school, which doesn't allow for a lot of time, what what are your passions, whether it's community involvement or hobbies? Right. So I like sports, first of all. I'm a big sports person. Um, Uh, Only if my teams are winning. If my teams aren't winning and my students- What? And I ask which ones they are because I have a feeling. Well, they're, they're the Ravens who are not winning right now. The Orioles who have not won in a very, very long time. So I'll allow my, my children can be Bears fans. That's fine. As long as they're not Yankee fans, everything is fine. If they're Yankee fans, then I'll probably disown them. Um, uh, so I'm involved, obviously, in the CRC. I'm on the Garris Commission of the CRC. So that uh, has been a wonderful schuss for me to be able to learn with Garim. Um, involved in the RCA. Um, and, you know, in different capacities, or, you know, in different organizations. But uh, outside of that, you know, between my kids and between, uh, um, you know, those other organizations and Shul, that's, that's basically most, uh, you know, most of my time. And how, assuming that your mother is watching at the moment, and I haven't looked at the list of watchers, but she'll watch this for sure. 
what, how do you explain to your parents that you left them? Well, I mean, we'll have to figure out who left who. Um, <laughs> but all of my family right now, thank God, is in Israel. They all live in Modian. So, uh, you know, but thank God they're very, very happy. My sisters, when I moved to Chicago, my sisters moved to Modian. My parents made Aliyah a few years later. And uh, thank God, you know, Rabbi Sobel, right, Rabbi? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, so that's my father's very close to there. Rabbi Sobel is an amazing, amazing Rav uh, in Modian. And so that's the answer. That's that, the answer. Uh, that everyone's yeah. Everyone has left. And you're, uh, left, but, but we're all, you know, thank God. We and, all stay wife, in touch with each other. and your wife has been volunteering for the longest of time now with Rafua 311 that I know. And she's been doing amazing right. work. No, now, now she's there more full time. Yes. Oh, really? Thank God. An amazing organization. So she's there every day. Um, one of their workers. And yeah. And, and one of the reasons we really wanted to stay was because we do. We love it here. And, uh, you know, we, we've developed many, many close relationships and do a lot of stuff in our home. And it's, you know, it, it developed over time. It really, it progressed over time to the point where, where we, this is where we wanted to be long-term. And if you were speaking to a, uh, a Smicha student in YU who had different yeah. paths available, would you feel comfortable telling them to go into the Rabbonus? I would. I think there's a lot of things that I know now that I would share, um, but I do. I think if you're passionate about it, it's an amazing, amazing thing. I, 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 I'm sure, as you know, there's a lot of stressful moments and a lot of difficult moments. But in, in the end, I, I don't know of another position that provides me as much sipoka nefesh uh, and as much joy, even during the most difficult times, to be able to be a rav. But I, I think it comes to passion and it comes to being able to to you know, want to deal with a lot of the things that you deal with as a as a rabbi. Well, that includes websites and webinars and all sorts yep. of other things along the way as That's well. That's right. That's right. Uh, and when when I received smicha at uh, the yeshiva and the HTC, one of the jokes was that uh, just remember the Rosh Hashiva's phone number is on the back of the smicha. Don't forget. Yeah. To look it up. Did they have a similar comments to you when you were getting it? Why you? Um, yeah, similar comments. You know, um, I, I think that that they've probably since I it's even since I got smicha they've really revamped the smicha you know system in terms of preparing guys going into rabbanos and like you know what to deal with in terms of counseling and a lot of this obviously you can't do until you're actually in the in the position um, but I think that they've really they they given the mentors and they provided me the support system and continue to provide me the support system for anything that I need and that's is that that's where your relationship with Rabbi Penner came. Smilish Larry Penner is from YU, and also for the longest time until he moved recently, he was my next door, he was my in-laws next door neighbor, mommish next door neighbor. So uh, we developed a very, very close, I stayed at his house many times, so uh, Baruch Hashem had developed a very close relationship with him. And so it works out very well that he is the Dean of Reeds as well. Yes, it did. It did work out well, you know. So you have the Dean of Reeds, you have one of the senior Rabbonim in America from uh, Teaneck, and you also have one of the senior Rosh Hashivas at YU right. help guide you every step of the way. I told my wife all the time, if she got me to Rabbi Penner, that's all they're, you know, that was a major, that was a major draw was going out with her was that the next name was Rabbi Penner. So it worked. It sounds like one of those Dayenu moments. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ooh, just that piece. And you're going to be, please God, in the near future, moving to West Rogers Park. Yes. And, and joining and coming on board at KINS. And it's a whole new different, it's a whole new experience for you and for me. And also, obviously, for Rabbi Bressler, our assistant rabbi, because um, until now, it's been me and an assistant. And now we have a team. Have... Uh, 
how would you describe that to people? How would how you hopefully we'll be able to be together working? I think it's tremendously exciting. I'm very excited. Uh, we've met a number of times already, and I think we all already have gotten off to a great start. Um, but I, I also think that as you asked about the growth of Chicago, I think that as we've discussed already, there is so much to do programming wise, learning wise, you know, and to really build out this brand and to what it can do within the larger community. And as I commented to you after our first meeting together, just the ability to have a team to work together to not just divide and conquer, but to brainstorm together, to implement together, to really raise the, this you know, to the next level is, is, is really, really an exciting opportunity for me. And I think, you know, hopefully for the community. No, I'm sure it will be. I uh, I think the only thing that you and I have disagreed on is should I allow myself to be called a senior rabbi? But I said I'm not right. old enough for that. Yet. Right, so, right. Uh, uh, so we're just part of the rabbinic team. Yeah, as but well. it's it's really it's exciting to be to be part of a team. No, it's uh, it is for uh, for those who are watching and who are balabatim and don't understand. Sometimes the life of a rabbi can be a little lonely. In fact, some rabbis, their best friends are people out of town. Because in town, you have to be on stage at all times. So this is a very exciting kind of concept of having three rabbis working together to be able to seek one, one unified goal as well. Um, what are you, You're going to be starting with us. January 8th will be the first Shabbos. You'll be at both Kins North and also at Kins Main. Kins North will be the primary focus of, of, a lot of your efforts as well, even though it'll be the total of the experience. Have you thought about the drusha for the first week yet? I have. I have already. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's all I can say. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, right now it clocks in in about 43 minutes. That should be fine. Um, uh, we'll, we'll schedule it for right after Kiddush. Excellent. I'm sure that's, everyone will stay for the extra 43 minutes. Yeah. Wait, when you're writing a drasha, do you normally come up with an idea, come up with a Dvar Torah, or it just kind of happens? I, I, it's, I don't know. It kind of happens. I mean, I have a lot of files and I save a lot of, uh, you know, I save a lot. And um, sometimes if I have an, if I have like this Shabbos, an idea that I want to share, then I'll probably find Torah to go along with it. Or sometimes you find an amazing, amazing idea and you find a message to go. I haven't think that's the easier way. Find, an, uh, you know, an amazing piece of Torah. Um, and find the message. And sometimes it's great to just share a piece of Torah and a really, really cool idea. Um, but, but this next week, I have an idea, and therefore I found some Torah to go along with it. Well, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be wonderful. On on my computer, I have a file called In Process. Yes, which right. is just whenever I have an idea or I come across something that I'm not going to use right away, I label it right. so that I hope I can find it again. You have the same, yes. I gather. I have the same both online, like digitally. I keep stuff, uh, links to different things. And I also have, a, you know, on my computer, a file that says Drush Ideas, divided up by Parshios. Uh, so you have the same thing. I'm sure we've all learned these same kind of processes yes. as well. Is there something that for the people from KNS who are watching, you want to tell them in particular? About the Drusha? But no, not about the Drusha in general, about what... Yes, I'm, I am very, very much looking forward to meeting everybody, to getting to know everybody. You know, uh, as Ramatanki mentioned, I, I, I very much enjoy building, as my wife does as well, these relationships. And I just look forward to meeting everybody, getting to know everybody, learning Torah, and really seeing what, what, what you know, where this can all take us to the next level. It's very, very exciting. No, and I share all of those feelings as well. Rabbi, I, uh, I'm looking very much forward to this because sometimes you do things that people don't expect. And those are the best things you can possibly do because to do what's expected can get awfully boring at times. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is, this is exciting. It's a whole new venture. And I, I think it has a lot of 
tremendous opportunities ahead. I, I'm looking forward to those as well. And in terms of shearing, what are your favorite shearing to give? So it's it's funny you mentioned that. So I I love I love all different kinds. I I've done a parsha shear for 12 years running. Uh, last night was our it was started as a women's parsha class, and then over Zoom it evolved to an everybody parsha class. Um, I think parsha classes are great. I think it, it provides you not just vortlach and divrei Torah, but to get textual, to understand mefarshim. Uh, and I think it helps people, their Shabbos, their appreciation of Torah. Um, I, I think it depends on the crowd. I, I Something I learned from Rabbi Neuberger was to try to have a niche for everybody. So I've done, you know, what we've done Navi Shurim. And, um, you know, I grew up in a more yeshiva system. So I, you know, learned Yehoshua 17 times and never knew that anything, anything passed there. So for about eight years, we did a Navi Shur. Uh, we've done Gemara Shurim and a miniseries. I happen to love miniseries. I think that it's a nice focus through a few weeks on a specific topic. Um, one very interesting thing we did was called Wine and Wisdom. We did, uh, you know, different countries and the wines from that country and the history of the Jews of that country. I think anything that you can really sort of zoom out a little bit and understand the more beauty of what we're doing and the meaning by what we're doing. And I think it's so, I think it depends on the crowd. Yeah, I think it depends on the crowd. I know that we have scheduled, uh, or hopefully, a mini series. I think you know, Hilchot yes. Hil- Shabbat coming up, or maybe Hilchot Shabbos. I'm not sure which Depends. one. Depends. Depends who's giving it. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That that'll be coming. We're supposed to start right away, but we're holding off a little bit because of this latest surge, which, please God, will go away very quickly. Please God. Yeah, Rabbi, I appreciate your time. You are right. uh, please anytime. Head to the Balabatim and KJBS. My thanks for your half hour today. Thank um, you. And uh, my. Ex- a special thanks to the Balabatim of KJBS for making this new partnership available to us and to the entire Chicago Jewish community. It's exciting and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful yes. experience together. So thank Absolutely. you very much. Have a wonderful Thank you very much, Rabbi. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.